You're listening to Catacomb Podcast, a twisted underground pathway from cynicism to solutions. Hey, we're here with a live studio audience at the Smokers Abbey. Um, so yeah, we were just, we usually like to record in the middle of the night, which is probably why we can never get guests. We were, we were lucky to get Preston to stay awake long enough for us to, uh, our last podcast was, um, I think our most viewed and it's only been up less than a week. Wow. I don't know what that means. Probably that means people care about Preston. People do care about Preston. What a fantastic guy to care about. Yep. I've got something very special planned for tonight. Oh, boy. We are going to have a lighthearted, fun time with some of our favorite TV evangelists. (laughs) Mm, I can't wait. Captain Crunch is our dear friend Nate, who is one of the employees of the Smokers Abbey. Nate, pull up a chair here into our studio. How are you, sir? I am good. Man, really good to have you on the show. It's good to be here. So what's going on in your life? Uh, you know, working. Um, living life. Trying to... I'm bad with these questions, but it's all right. Um... Well, actually, you know, today we were trying to come up with, I don't know, you probably don't know this, but my uh, kids started a YouTube channel because they want to, you know. I've actually, I've seen, well, I saw some of the, I saw some videos like a month ago or yeah. a couple months ago. So it's called Oak and Pine Media. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they make up skits and things. So today yeah. we were having a brainstorming session after, after school about some things to do. And so my idea was to set up to interview normal people, but just ask them like crazy questions. So mm-hmm. I came up with a few questions as an example, and maybe, yeah. maybe I could ask you those questions. Absolutely. I'm ready. Okay. So, Nate, if you're out on a date with your girlfriend, mm-hmm. and you've come out of the bathroom, and you realize that you have toilet paper stuck to your shoe, how do you respond? Well, I'd probably just leave it there. I, I wouldn't even notice it, but... My girlfriend would notice it right away, and she'd be like, you have toilet paper on your shoe. And I would be like, oh, whatever, it's okay. I, I just wouldn't be phased by it. I don't, right. think, I don't think it would have, I don't, I, I would probably take it off, but I wouldn't be embarrassed. I you wouldn't, wouldn't be embarrassed. No. Okay, that's good. That's really good. Um, now, you're a Christian, right? Yes. Now, I've known you for a while. Yep. And I know you love you some Jesus. Mm-hmm. Would you consider yourself a theologian? No. No? No. Would you understand, or do you feel like you're good at communicating the gospel? Yes. Sometimes I notice that in church circles, and this is maybe some place that I've become skepticism, skeptical, is I feel like a lot of times ministers use language mm-hmm. that is not as clear as it could be. Yep. So I actually found a clip that I wanted to get your advice on. Okay. So I'm going to play the clip. Okay. And maybe I'd like for you to, to kind of break down what uh, what this particular pastor is, is talking about. Maybe put it in more layman's terms as you would in, say, a cigar shop, okay? Okay, sounds right. good. Here's the clip. 
the word, the Hebrew word yeah. translated thing yeah. is word. Is word. Right. Every thing mm -hmm. came out of the word, or the word, you back to seed again. Uh -huh. Words are things, or they're word things. So when I say words, I just release a thing, but you don't see the thing when I say it. You heard the thing before you saw the thing, because when I said the thing, it's heard before it's seen. <laughs> All right. Um, break it down for me, man. Well, see, this is like a conversation that I'd have with Jay Newman here. Uh, you know, this is, and uh, I would be like the person listening in the audience being like, what are you saying? Um, so... Basically, what he was saying is, I don't know. I mean, I don't know. He was just talking about the word and the word. All he's really saying is that sometimes theological conversation gets too complex. Well, see, I honestly thought that that was like a stand-up comedian doing something. So I thought that it was a joke making fun of it. So. No, that was actually a clip uh, straight off of TV. And there was some canned laughter in it because I actually found it on a YouTube channel uh, okay. that was asking the question, and I thought it was a great question, what the heck is this guy saying? Well, he sounds, you know, it sounds like a stand-up set. Um, <clears throat> I mean, he's talking about, like, I'm from what I think he was talking about, he's talking about, like, when the word became flesh, and Jay, here, enlighten us. Josh, I mean, Nate, stop, because you don't know what he was saying. I don't. I don't. It doesn't don't. make any sense what he was saying. It doesn't make any sense. <laughs> and that, that's just let it go because that's the point. There's no. Okay, I will. Okay. <laughs> that this was this is a reputable pastor, right? Kenneth, Kenneth Copeland. Copeland that and so and he has a massive following, and this is him theologizing. So don't don't even front. Tell me your real reaction to that. I, I, my real reaction to that is it's, I thought it was a stand-up comedy. Like, I really thought that that was, because I didn't understand a word he said. Okay, let's try one more, okay? Okay. Ladies, when you're doing laundry, if you're grouchy about it, are you doing laundry in the love of God? Because when you do laundry in the love of God, you can get a harvest. <laughs> oh, that was good. Did you like that one? That was good. Okay, so break that down. In common language for us. Um, you know, just do everything with the love of God. Even if you're doing laundry, don't, like, get pissed. That you're, oh. You can say pissed. Okay, okay, sorry. <laughs> um, don't get upset with your children for, like, having grass stains on their their jeans. Uh, like, if, What if they have doo-doo stains? <laughs> <laughs> can you get mad then? No. Well, how old are they? Anyways, doesn't matter. Um, <laughs> 17. <laughs> okay, yes. Um, no, I mean, it, what they're trying to say is just doing, having the love of God with everything you do, um, even if you're doing laundry. Uh, that's good stuff. Nate, I want to thank you for being on our yeah. show. Yeah, you're welcome. Give it up for Nate. So we've got more clips, apparently. Never ending. Eli, tell us who you are. Well, I'm a, I'm a young man that's uh, pretty enthusiastic <laughs> about getting in the Lord and all that. I'm 21 years old. I can't eat fried chicken, pepper fire. 
<laughs> you're living the dream here, buddy. You're living the dream. You're also you're, you're, you're Josh's nephew. I am. I'm not okay. necessarily living the dream, just trying to stay alive until I figure out what my dream is. Okay, I like that. Well, I've got a uh, clip here. We're going to get your take on it. So. All right, let's go. Your sins have to pop out somewhere. Little children have acne. Why? I can tell you why. What little boys do in the bedroom at night. It's a natural process of the fallen creature, what he does in the bedroom at night. You tie his hands. The Catholics used to tie their hands. Tie the girl's hands. Wouldn't do any good. Tie them all you want. Because it's in their nature. It's a fallen nature, what they do in the bedroom at night. Why does the acne? That's why acne is on these young people's face. That's what they do. <laughs> Eli, do you get the acne on your face? <laughs> you ever get the acne? <laughs> You're a young man. Yeah. What happens at night when you get the acne on your face? Let me tell you, what happens at night, in, at least in my belief, is completely unrelated to acne. <laughs> Me on your face because you got <laughs> grease on your face. <laughs> <laughs> so, what do you think that this woman's really trying to say? I think that the this lady is trying to explain that even though that the Lord may forgive for sins, the way the world works, it doesn't. It's not as forgiving. Even though that you are forgiven in the Lord's eyes, in the world that you are still going to reap the. You actually, you actually made that mean something. That that was like almost profound. That's even though she sounded completely ridiculous in the way that she said it, I believe that's what she said. Wow, that was very gracious of you, Eli. I thank thank you for your perspective. Now don't get me wrong; she sounded crazier than hell. But <laughs> <laughs> that's incredible perspective. Thanks, Eli. Okay, for our next clip, hey, let's bring Brandon up here. Brandon. Yeah. Yeah. Brandon is a preacher here locally in Nashville. Yes, I am. Yeah, buddy. Okay, we got a clip that we need a little interpretation on. So okay. I want you to hear the clip, and maybe you could break it down. You're a preacher. You're a public speaker. Sure thing. You can let us know uh, what's being said here. You know, people don't even want to know the truth. People don't want to know the truth in the Bible. If you want to turn the channel, go ahead, fool. Turn the channel. If you want to learn something about God, shut your mouth and listen to me for a minute. It don't matter how big or how hot shot you think you are for the executive for IBM. I mean, give me a break. What you do for a living has got nothing to do with what, what really matters to God. God said he chose the foolish things of this world to confound the wise. Do you know if you're an intellectual, you'll probably end up in hell for it? You know, three years ago, I was one of the top beauty consultants in Canada. I had one of the most successful beauty salons in Ottawa, the capital of Canada. Okay, Brandon. Yes, sir. What, what was that about? Well, I can agree to a certain extent of what he's saying, that people don't want to hear the truth anymore, that the Bible might be irrelevant in today's time. But I kind of disagree. I do disagree about the intellectual part because people respect you if you take the time out to go to school and really thought, uh, think out your think the process out of interpreting the Bible and feeding them. Now God doesn't care what position you are in the world, doesn't care uh, what your job title, but when He calls you, 
he calls you to preach the gospel, then that's bigger than uh, the world, the job that you have in society, I believe. But do you go to hell because you're an intellectual? No, I don't think you go to hell because <laughs> you're an intellectual. <laughs> what about if you're a if top I, beauty consultant in Ottawa, Canada? No, I don't think you go to hell for that. <laughs> I might be going to hell now because I'm in school trying to be an intellectual. <laughs> Oh, goodness. I don't even know what to make of that. So what do you, what do you think? Of, have you ever delivered a, a, a word like that? Have you ever just been pouty? No, I don't like think that. Not. Well, I have not. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody wants to listen to the word of God anymore. It's got to be. Well, you know, he, he, he says some truth, but... <laughs> Uh, was that's, he? That's, was he really, Brandon? People was don't there, wanna, Was there really truth in there? That people don't want to listen to the word of God anymore. Yeah, but just the way he said. The way that, he said it, that, that, I, I disagree. <laughs> the way he said it. that's a that's a way of doing things. Like, he, he's bold. You know? <laughs> oh, really? Man, you're a lot more gracious than me. <laughs> he's a bold guy. You're a lot more gracious than yeah. me. I don't think that I could have sat there much longer. Or, and they keep from laughing. Well, you take some good things from the messages and you take some bad things from them. You, do, you find <laughs> what to do, find what not to do. You find what to say and what not to say. Josh, our studio audience is, is incredibly gracious. <laughs> incredibly. They're not as cynical as we are, Josh. Certainly not. I mean, everyone here is far more gracious than we are. It's all about grace. Brandon, I want to thank you so much. Thank you guys for having me here. Yeah, absolutely. When can we hear you preach next? Hey, uh, you told me a long time ago you were going to invite me to the kill, so I'm still waiting. So. Well. I could do it here. It's not the time and place. But it is the time and place. You know what it is, the time and place? Break it down for me. Give me something. Oh, okay, something. Improv preaching right here in the Smoker's Abbey. Improv preaching. I just want to let everybody know and who's going to uh, listen to this podcast. That uh, God loves you, no matter what's going on in today's society. Um, just keep your faith in God, because number one, I live by faith. And when you live by faith, you have faith in God, and you're faithful to the work, God will bless you. Now, I can live to that. <laughs> Thank you, Brandon. Thank you, sir. Thank you. Amen. Ladies and gentlemen, that was Brandon, local Nashville preacher and Bible student. Shout out to my pastor, Pastor Jordan Ivory III, the First Baptist Church. <laughs> Thank you so much. <laughs> hey, we have shout outs now. Shout outs to preachers. Wow, that is awesome. <laughs> well, Jay, I just wanted to have a little fun. I felt like last week was really good, but it was kind of heavy. It was serious, yeah. You know, we were having like a heavy podcast last week, so I thought we could um, just have a little fun. Well, I think this is more heavy for me because, you know, we had Preston on last week and I was like, oh, it's giving me hope. You know, we're actually dealing with tough issues in a, in a, in a way that's, you know, not crazy. And now we're listening to these clips of people that just like, I don't want to be identified with these people. But maybe I'm just cynical. I mean, our, our guests here seem to have found these little nuggets of truth. They've, they've sifted through all, the, all of the stuff and... Well, maybe I'm just an old cynic and I can't see the good through all of the all of the stuff. I don't know. Well, but. that's why we started the podcast, you know, so we can talk through some of these issues. But you know, I can say as a as a preacher myself that sometimes you you do find words 
that kind of shake people up a little bit. Okay. Well, you were in, you were in the sermon Sunday morning, right? Uh, yeah, I heard your sermon. So how did you feel about the analogy from Lamentations 3 where God takes us into darkness and I equated it to uh, God taking us to a party in hell and then, you know, like all of a sudden he's not there or you don't see him. Like, you know, when a friend invites you to a party and it's kind of awkward and, and you're hanging out and then he disappears. You he's can't off. find your friend. And you you're, can't find your friend. You're like, dang, I'm just in this party. You're, you're at this party, you don't know anybody and you hate being there. Don't you think that's kind of weird? Well, it was an interesting analogy you made, but I, I thought your point landed pretty well. Oh, that's good. I thought the point was accurate and it wasn't it wasn't weird like there's weird these guys are weird but then there's also i mean we got your blogger who's weird and we have all these clips from these crazy preachers who are weird but then there's also just weird in the sense of where are you getting that from you're not getting that from the bible you know and then like you're preaching this stuff and then you have massive audiences and yeah i'm gonna be a little cynical of that there's, you know, tens of maybe hundreds of thousands of people following this and listening to you, and, and you're saying some off-the-wall crazy stuff. Well, Jay, you were sharing with me the other day um, that you were reading, maybe even on Twitter. I know that you follow a lot of people on Twitter that I don't bother reading, um, but you really enjoy nitpicking at people. So Okay, we could talk about the Jerry Falwell thing. Jerry Falwell's been dead for a long time. No, Jr., Oh, Jerry Jr. Sorry, when I think Jerry Falwell, um, I think of Jerry. I'll tell you a funny story about Jerry Sr. When I was, I actually was a student at Liberty. And um, one day I was standing in line. Incidentally, it was at the salad bar. <laughs> you I were was, at the salad bar? <laughs> <laughs> I was That's the, the punchline. <laughs> I was at the salad bar because I had a girlfriend who I'm now happily married to, but I wasn't officially in a committed relationship yet. It was more like we were friends and I wanted to hang out with her. So I was thinking maybe if I had a few more salads in college, I would have a better chance of getting married. That's why I went to Bible college was to find a wife. And so I was getting my salad, and Jerry Falwell came up behind me, never met him before in my life, and he wrapped his arms around me, and he picked me up off of the ground. And he started shouting at me, and he said, God sure loves you, big boy. And then he dropped me down on the ground. I almost fell on my butt and spilled my salad. It was so embarrassing. But then I was like, Jerry Faldwell, which if you had ever met the man in public, he was enormous. He was over six foot. He was a huge, huge guy. I was a big guy in college. This guy was way bigger than me. He literally just picked me up off of the ground like a child and was squeezing me. And dropped me back on the floor. God sure loves you, big boy. <laughs> it was insanity. Okay, well, God rest his soul. All right, so let's uh, go ahead and read some Twitter to me. No, well, you did you hear the comments that Jerry Falwell Jr. made? Oh, yeah, you were going to tell me that, right. No, I didn't. Go ahead. You, you haven't heard the comments that Jerry Jr. made? I literally pay attention to nothing all week long. Well, we had Preston last week talking about gun control. And... Man, we, we, we were just a little too early because 
Jerry Jr. comes out and I, well, I don't, I don't have the direct quote in front of me, but the essence of what he said was that if more Christians would get their concealed carry permits, then we can keep these Muslims out of the country. Amen. <laughs> he well, said wait, this wait, at the he, chapel service at Liberty. Oh, wait, he said, well, wow. Hmm. Yeah. See, I, I mean, I have a carry permit. I don't know if you knew that, Joe. All right, to keep the Muslims out? <laughs> Not at all. <laughs> because honestly, I don't want all the Muslims out because Muslims make really good food. <laughs> shawarma. So you had a good shawarma before? Yeah. You know, I was in France once on a mission trip, and I had just been in London. And if you've ever spent time in London, one of the best things in the world to do to go out late at night. They have these little windows along the side of the road that are run by Muslims, and they're all-night kebab stands. And Wait, I've got it. Did you? Okay. You're in London? Or I, you're, or first, I was in London. Or in France. Okay. First, I was in London, and I was up late, and I, I was realized... I just questioning your geography. I'm sorry. No, no. Well, I'm, I'm segueing into my thought process. Okay. okay. So I was in London, and I started this amazing habit of going into are going to these little kebab stands at nighttime and getting these kebabs. They're super cheap. Yeah, they're the best. I love and, kebabs. And they were, like, amazing. And when you've been out, hanging out at night, late, it's, it's the best food ever. So I went from London to France. I was working with a church in France. And um, I went by a kebab stand and got a kebab. And I'm walking up the sidewalk in front of the church. And I'm eating this kebab. Loved it. And one of the young ministers of the church came out and he said, what are you doing? I said, I'm eating a kebab. And he said, uh, just throw that thing away right now. Throw it away. What? And I was like, huh? Sorry? And he said, you're eating meat offered up to idols. Oh, my gosh. Now, I said, what? No, it's a kebab. It is awesome. You should have one. They're super affordable. He said, no, they say Allah Akbar before they slay the goat. Oh, my it's gosh. It's offered to... You know what's wild about that is that there's actually specific passages in the New Testament that address that and says, eat the meat. Of course, I guess if it offended your well, pastor you know, there, but... I... I did stop eating after I ate right. the rest of it. But that's dumb. I mean, when I didn't have any left, I <laughs> I had stopped eating officially. Oh, gosh. I'm just, no, Josh, because you said this is a lighthearted episode, and it's not, because I am more discouraged than ever about the state of public Christianity. Incidentally, after the kebab incident, I went back to this guy's house, and he had a refrigerator in his kitchen that had nothing in it but booze. <laughs> And literally, him and his friends drank all night until they were hammered. And while we were in the backyard, and they were drinking, and I was kind of like, at that point in my life, I wasn't really ever drinking. So I was kind of baptizing it, where you don't really drink. So I wasn't drinking, but I had a cigar. And... The next day I went to church and the senior pastor told me that I wasn't allowed to minister anymore 
because I was a bad influence by smoking a cigar. But yet, all these the guys, dudes are hammered. All the guys at church were hammered. But I was just and like, smoked a cigar. Wow, culture. Yeah. Praise be the Lord. Okay, so we've kind of been all over the place here, and and not, we didn't really say, I don't guess where we're going, but let's let's bring it home a little bit. Pastor is what you're good at. Bring it home. What are we supposed to do here? Because I don't have any. We're supposed to find solutions here. Yeah. What are our solutions? What? Are, well, I think that we obviously have no control of what other people say or think or believe. So all we can do is speak truth. Like we can only be held accountable for what we're saying. But we we are held accountable by the world towards what these people are saying. Like they are reflecting on, not only us, they're reflecting on Jesus. So we go to tell someone about Jesus and we start trying to share some truth with them. And they've heard these crazy alien bloggers or the, you know, Acme lady or something like that. And now I'm, I still think the alien blogger guy's a legit dude <laughs> and I'm going to get him on to prove it. Okay. Well, good, good. Let's end the cynicism towards that. But I hear what you're saying, but do you think the world has enough like credibility or do you think the world is smart enough to go, okay, there's some really dumb Christians out there and they're not all dumb. Or do you think every time they hear something dumb, they just assume that all Christians are dumb? I think the latter. I think that they think all Christians are See, dumb. See, I'm a little more hopeful in the world. What do you guys think in our studio audience? Do you think that when the world hears Christians say dumb things, that they think all Christians are dumb? Yes, no? So you guys are you guys are on Jay's side over here. You're, you're on the fence. Who's on Jay's side over here? Looks like the majority the, of people are the on Jay's side. It. Yeah. Well, maybe you're right. I maybe we should ban all dumb Christians from speaking. Yeah, maybe we should. <laughs> I don't think that's possible. How do possible. we go about that? Yeah, we had a constitution, freedom of speech. <laughs> How come that? It seems like these people get the biggest platforms. That is the thing. I think that it's the train wreck. Uh, like people that are so obnoxious, everyone wants to hear what they have to say. So every, everyone tunes into that. Whereas you have basic people who are just loving the world and speaking truth. Nobody pays attention to that because it's not interesting. Right. No, that's a good point. Man, that's a really hard system to work against. It is. Jesus was really popular, though. People listen to him. What's the difference? He was Jesus. <laughs> well, there was. <laughs> he had miracles. There was um, that. I mean, even Christ said, hey, some of you I know are just coming to check out the miracles. but Yeah, he did. He got rid of them when he brought some real hard truth there. So I think, he, I think he definitely had the same sort of situation where people were following him to watch the show. Right. And he, he knew that that wasn't a genuine thing. Okay, Josh, so I want to go out to the world. I want to be an ambassador of the kingdom. I want to share the, the truth of the gospel with people. But 
their preconception of what a Christian is, is all of this stuff. How do I wade through that when I'm trying to share something real with someone? How do I wade through that? It's almost like you've got to unpack that baggage first before you can ever get through it. Well, I call it the apology tour. So I actually spend a lot of time when I'm talking to people about faith apologizing for dumb Christians. Interesting. And I think, like, because they are our brothers and sisters, we sometimes have to say, hey, um, you know, Uncle Joe's a little crazy. (laughs) And uh, so, you know, just take that with a grain of salt. So you're saying, see, a part of me wants to say, that's not my family. I'm not them. But you're saying, eh, that is us. Well, it's like a normal family. It's like a crazy uncle. Well, it is. I mean, think about like Christmas with your family. You have all types of personalities. And even though they all come from the same bloodline, they're they're certainly not the same people. They have different different personality. They have different worldviews. Some of them are just nuts. And so... So that, that's the tension, is embracing them saying, okay, this is my family, my family of faith, saying crazy stuff, and then I'm out there trying to do the work of the kingdom and share with people, and I'm apologizing for my family, but then you're also saying, come on into the family, and you get to be family with these guys. So, I mean, there's this tension between trying to preach truth the right way and love people the right way, and then also love these weirdos the right way and accept that they're a part of what we are. I don't know. It, it, in my mind, it just seems like either or. But Well, that's right. I think you nailed it. We have to love the weirdos. We got to love the weirdos. Jay, can you love the weirdos? Yeah, I'm trying. I don't want, want to. But, yeah, you got to. There's no, there's not an alternative. Uh-huh.